0: Hey, what's up, my friends? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. We are so excited and honored that you are here, that you're joining us today. We do appreciate it, whether this is your first time listening or you've been listening for a long time. Again, thanks for joining us. Thanks for being here. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Don't forget to uh, leave us a rating and review if you have not already done so. We always appreciate that and it helps other people to find the show. So if the show has been helpful to you in any way, then make sure you share it with others. So today we're going to be doing one more in our series here of these coaching episodes where we have taken someone from inside of our elite program and talked with them uh, about their business areas that they feel stuck and just kind of talking them through about how they can continue to build and grow their speaking business. So today we're going to be talking with Chris Reese. Uh, Chris is a very successful speaker. and We're going to be talking through uh, how to find gigs, leveraging current and past gigs for additional gigs, and then also whether or not it makes sense to even pay to speak. So uh, some common issues and common challenges here that Chris has that uh, I know many of you have as well. So we've got a lot of good stuff here. Hey, also uh, these guests that we've been having the past couple weeks here, many of them are inside our elite program. So if that's something that you are interested in, you'd like to learn more about the elite program and how we can work with you directly in helping you to build and grow your speaking business. And I encourage you to stop by and check out thespeakerlab.com slash apply. Again, that is speakerlab.com slash apply. There you can apply to talk with one of our team members uh, about your speaking business, what it is that you're looking for, the, the goals that you have, and then we can talk through how we uh, might be able to work together and might be able to help you out. All right. So again, you can stop by and check that out over at com slash apply. All right. Let's get right into it. Here's my conversation with Chris Reese. Enjoy. Hey there, my friends. Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Lab podcast. Today, we are joined by Chris Reese, who is in our elite program and uh, excited to hang out with Chris and uh, talk through her speaking business today. So Chris, how are you? All is well. Thank you, Grant. I'm honored to be here today. Good, good. Glad you're able to join us. So first of all, just for some background and context, why don't you give us a snapshot of uh, your world, your business, and how speaking fits into everything.
1: Great. So I am in the faith-based business. I speak to women about discovering their purpose, defeating their devils, and becoming everything that God created them to be. And I do that through coaching and counseling, and I write books and I speak at women's conferences. So speaking is a big part of what I do, and I'd actually like to make it an even bigger part.
0: Gotcha. Very cool. So how much, uh, just for, again, some context sake, how much speaking are you doing currently?
1: It depends on the year. I will do anywhere between seven and 12 engagements a year. Cool.
0: Great. And most of those paid? Half and half. Okay. And so the goal would be to do how many gigs a year? Where would you like to be?
1: My ultimate goal is I would love to do this full time and I'd like to at least do two speaking engagements a month. Okay, But for this year, my goal was to get up to 20 paid speaking engagements.
0: Cool. Very good. And so the bulky you're speaking that you're doing right now, you mentioned is, is more in the faith-based world. So I assume is that mostly, what does that look like? Is that mostly weekend services or is that conferences or events or retreats or what is that like?
1: It's actually a mix of everything you just described. I'll do some itinerant preaching. I will do women's retreats. I'll do one-day conferences. So it's a mix of all of them.
0: What do you want to be doing more of, of those different ones that you have been doing? What would you prefer?
1: You know, Grant, it depends on when you ask me that question. If it's right after I get done preaching, I want to do more preaching. If I'm done at a women's retreat, I want to do more women's retreats. I would have to say I love the mixture of them. Okay. I don't want to do just one of them. I love being able to get on the pulpit on a Sunday. I love being able to spend a weekend and dive deep with women, but I also love doing the one day conferences too.
0: Okay. Gotcha. What would you say would be the bulk of, of those that you're you're doing? Is there one that's more than others?
1: I'd say they're all about equal right now.
0: Okay. Uh, so basically just kind of split in thirds uh, between yes. retreats and weekend services and, and conferences. Right. Cool. Awesome. And that's where you'd like to be. You're just doing more of them all. Correct. Okay. Got it. Where do you feel like you're, you're stuck right now or how do you feel like we can best help you?
1: I feel stuck in trying to find more engagements both locally and nationally. Now, I, I do recognize that nobody's just going to invite me on one of these big engagements as a keynote speaker, but I'd love to get in some of the breakout sessions and really dive deep with some of the ladies. But for me, finding these bigger engagements that offer breakout sessions has been a little challenging mm-hmm. and to find local conferences where they are looking for the keynote speaker for maybe 20 to 120 women. That's been my challenge. A lot of the searching that I've done, which your course has given amazing direction on it, it finally broke me free from my deer in the headlights, where do I start trap? But now what I'm finding is the, I found the engagements, but a lot of them are already taking place
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they're not necessarily consistent every year. Okay. So I'd be more than happy to put in the legwork and reach out and build the relationships and say, hey, keep me in mind for next year. But many of them are like, ah, no, we just do this once in a while.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Are those that are once in a while, what types of events are they?
1: They seem to be the women's conferences. They could be a one day or maybe a two day.
0: Okay. Gotcha. And so they are like, if they're going to be doing them to any regularity, it's maybe once a year-ish? At best. Okay. Okay. But normally more like every other year, every 18 months, or just kind of-
1: Yeah. Or whenever you're in
0: the mood. Let's do one. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Right now, you're doing around seven to 12 events a year. Where are those events coming from?
1: Those are coming from referrals.
0: Okay. Good.
1: So uh, I've had uh, pastors reach out to me that say, you know, one of my parishioners councils with you and I heard you speaking on YouTube. So some of them came from there. Others came from my church. Uh, Others came from a friend of a friend and some of them came from social media. So they're a a little bit of a mix of everywhere. So a good
0: exercise for any speaker to do at any level is to make a list of all the gigs that you have done in the past let's say 2 years or so. And so in your case it would probably be anywhere you know from 15 to 25 gigs or so. It's right. so if you were to make a list of all of those and just really think through go back through and think through where did that gig come from? Like how did that come to be? Where did that originate? And see if you can find any commonalities there. So I'll give you an example. My first full year of speaking I did around 30, 35 gigs or so, and I remember making a list of all of the gigs that I did and just making a list of like, where did all of these come from? Like really thinking through more than just someone saw me or like who saw me and like at what thing did they see me, right? Right. Um, And I found that the majority of my gigs at the time were coming from a couple of other speaker friends. That mm-hmm. had kind of I'd built good relationships with and it was kind of a referral from these other speakers. So instead of just putting like referral on there, referral from this speaker, referral from that speaker, referral from this right. friend, referral from this pastor, whatever it may be. And that way it was it for me, it was a I was able to see, wow, a decent amount of my business is coming from these, you know, two or three people. So I wonder what I can do to further and deepen that relationship with them or to get mm-hmm. some additional bookings from them, or are there other speakers like them that may have some referral. Referral stuff that they may be able to to send me, and so starting with like you're already doing something and something's already working for you. So how do you reverse engineer and do more of that, right? So that's one thing I would start with is just kind of an exercise is to really think through where I'm I'm getting lead flow, right? I'm getting leads that are coming in, but where are they? Where are they actually coming from? You mentioned a, a couple different types of sources. What would be your guess? Are there any that come from one place more than another?
1: No, there is no consistency in terms of uh, multiple referrals. But I, I will say that I get referrals from former speaking engagements. Okay. Here would be one of my questions, though. Let's say, for example, I had one engagement that I got two referrals from. Mm-hmm. But at this engagement, I spoke for free. Uh-huh. So the people now calling me are expecting somebody who's free or... Pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. How do I find those who are willing to actually pay for a quality speaker? Yeah. Now, it's not that they're saying I'm not a quality speaker; their budget just isn't allowing it. So, you know, they're asking sure. me to drive five hours out of my way, give five workshops for a hundred sure, and fifty dollars.
0: Sure, sure.
1: And room with uh, you know the head of the women's ministry. <laughs> right, right. So, one of the things that you want to
0: make sure you do is anytime you're doing an event for either a discounted rate or for free, there are completely justifiable reasons to do that and they make total sense for you. So maybe um, one of them you mentioned was just proximity. It's local personally, I'm willing to take much, much less for a gig right. that's 30 minutes away versus, you know, a three hour flight away. Right. Those are just different deals. And so if you happen to live 30 minutes away, you're probably going to get a deal versus if you uh, yeah. are a ways away. I, I'm and sorry, if you have a decent you know?
1: amount of women that I know are going to purchase books, then yes, I'm totally, on there. Totally.
0: So that's another example is like in your case, if one of the goals is to sell books and you know, you know, so I, I'm thinking about some events that I've spoke at where I knew that it'd be a big audience of several thousand people. And so I knew like, regardless of what they're going to pay me, I'm going to do much better on product. Yes. You know? So I just know I'm going to do really well there. So I might be willing to take a little bit less because I know I'm going to make it up in other ways. Or you mentioned like a decent amount of your business comes from spinoff and referral business. And so you know if you're going to speak at some event and there's going to be a bunch of decision makers there, a bunch of pastors who may invite you, a bunch of women's ministry directors mm-hmm. who may invite you to something, it may be worth it for you. So right. what you don't want to do is you don't want to just give someone a discount or do something for free just out of the goodness of your heart with no justifiable reason. So if you're going to give them additional value, you need to be getting additional value from that. And you need to make sure that they are aware of that. So whenever that happens of, you know, Chris showed up and she did an amazing job. And then someone else is talking like, Hey, we want to hire Chris. How much does that cost? Oh, we got a steal. We got her for free. But there's there's an explanation behind it and a justification and it's not just we got her for free just because we asked and she said sure but you were able to say well you know we actually you know we purchased hundred copies of, of her book or here's something else that we're doing to provide value to her in another way so uh, another example would be you know I remember several years ago speaking at a conference that was at a this huge indoor water park. And they said, hey, we'll, we'll provide something like three or four extra nights and passes for your whole family to come. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that was something of value, right? And so, yes, I took a, a lower rate, but I also got a free vacation out of it for my family. You know, and my right. kids had a great time while dad worked. So that's another thing to, to keep in mind is just other ways that you can, you can generate value from that without necessarily you got a check or you didn't get a check. So you just right. need to make sure that they're aware of that. One of the ways that you can do that is whenever you do the contract for uh, even a free engagement, always do a contract and always send an invoice. And so, right. even if the invoice says, you know, speaking fee is X dollars and reduced rate due to, you know, da 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 da, and total invoice is zero, that's fine. But at least to them, all of a sudden they see, like, oh, here's why we got a deal and not just because Chris felt like doing this just for fun. Does it right. make sense?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: So I, I would make sure that for anything that you're, any of those free type of engagements that you do, that you still are sending some type of invoice because it also just shows the value there that they are receiving for what it is that they are, they are getting. So that'd right. definitely be one thing because again, that way, whenever they're talking with other people, they have some, some more information that they're coming with rather than just, oh, we just, you know, we got it for free or we got it for a discount or, or whatever because that just hurts you. The other thing I would say Is especially like in a ministry setting, my sense is like you love speaking, you want to speak, speaking's fun, you want to help people, you want to help women. And so because of all of that, which is all great, you would do it for free if you could. You do all of them for free. You'd speak everywhere for free if money were no issue, right? And so the the challenge is balancing the ministry side with the business side is you want to help people and you want to speak and you want to make well, a difference I like to make money, but you also have to eat and live indoors, right? I like to make money. And so if you, you're doing something wrong, if I spoke all these places and I made a difference right. for all these people and I'm broke, right? Yeah. It just doesn't work. So right. I remember, um, I remember several years ago talking to a speaker who called me and he said, he did something like 50 some events the year before. And he was super honest dude, that's awesome.." And he's like, "We may if I remember correctly, they made like 12,000 dollars doing that. Oh my and he was the sole breadwinner. I was like, dude, that's, that's poverty level. Like you can't you can't do that, you know? And so as, as difficult as it is for you to say no, you have to say no and you have to be able to walk away. You have to draw a line in the sand of, right. here's the reasons why I may be able to do something at a discounted or reduced fee. And otherwise I can justify doing a free workshop that's 30 minutes away, but I can't justify doing a free workshop that's three hours away, no matter how much I want to justify it. I just can't, you know? Right. So it's hard, it's really, really hard. One of the most difficult things for a speaker to to do is to walk away from a gig because we just like speaking and we want to help and we want to make a difference. But from a business perspective, you can't say yes to everyone. You have to be willing to say no. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that.
1: That is okay. Actually, that I recognize. So That makes sense? Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: So you mentioned that a lot of the of your business has come from referrals, and so that's one of the best ways to to get additional business. And so one of the things you you may have heard us talk about is that speaking is very much a momentum business. And when right. you're trying to get something rolling, it can be hard to get it rolling. But once you get it rolling, it's at that point it's a lot easier to, to keep it in motion than to start it in motion, right? right it sounds like a lot of your business has come from some of these random things that some of them can be reverse engineered and some of them can't.
1: Right. And so
0: then it means that how can we be more strategic with the events that we're doing so that some of those other kind of random opportunities continue to present themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there's a couple ways that you can do this. One is that you're making sure that you're really strategic about each event that you do and making sure that that the audience, that you do two things with the event planner, that you're making sure that they're of any other referrals that they know of, of any other you know women's conference planners or event planners or anything like that, that they can give you any recommendations or introductions or referrals to, that any of that stuff that they are aware of and that you're asking for, that you're being intentional to ask for. And even if it's something that you offer up front, this is another thing that you could do like within the contract of something I've done before is tell you what, I'm willing to do something for a reduced fee. And here's what I'd like for you to do is assuming I do a good job as a speaker, and so I'll predicate it on that. If I don't do a good job, you don't have to do this. But if I do a good job, I would like for you to make an introduction to five other people that you think I would be a good fit for who mm-hmm. have the ability to hire me, right? I like that. Them, that means nothing. But to you you're like if I book yes. one or two things out of that, like that's huge right. valuable, right? And so you do that for each event that you speak at and all of a sudden that starts to multiply of these personal referrals and these introductions that you have you have made.
1: Right. Makes sense? Yes, absolutely. So I like that's that. That's
0: one thing you can be doing with the event planner. The other thing that you can be doing, there's two things that you can do with the audience itself. So mm-hmm. one of the things you've probably noticed before is you may go speak at something and someone comes up and is like, That's awesome. Like you did such a good job. That was great. I loved your talk. And they they, they are approaching it almost like this is probably the first time Chris has done this. And and Chris just lives down the street. And they probably had her come in and, right. and she did a lovely job. That was really cool of her, you know. And it's like Yes, but like, this is the, this is <laughs> this the is thing what I, I do. do. <laughs> yeah, right? Like I remember multiple times, like speak, or, uh, audience members would come up and be like, wait a minute, like you do this? Like this isn't like the first time you've done, like do this a lot. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so sometimes there's just a disconnect in the audience's right. mind because they just didn't realize that. And so what you can do is two things. One is as you're speaking, you can make reference and kind of passing remarks to other events that you've spoke at or Mm. other events that you've been a part of or other groups that you've worked with. So you might say something like, a couple of months ago, I was speaking at a women's conference in California. And one of the things that we were talking about was this, this, and this. I met this lady and here's her story, right? So you didn't say... Hey, I'm a speaker and I'm right. a, I speak a bunch and let me tell you just like, Hey, here's an experience I had and I'm making reference to the work that I do, which is as a speaker, right? right. You do that once or twice during your talk. And again, people start to kind of connect the dots. Oh, this isn't the only time that she's ever done this. She she does right. this regularly, right? So that's one thing you can do. The other thing you can do is you can do a bit more of a direct call to action of at the event, especially like as you're wrapping up, just giving a simple call to action of saying, Hey, if you depending on the nature of the event, hey, if you'd like for me to come speak at your church sometime or if you'd like for me to come speak to your women's ministry, I'd love to have a conversation with you. I'm going to be down front over here or I'm going to be you know at my table at the back of the room or here's my contact information or anything like that and do whatever you can to especially build some relationships and connections there with people who saw you who even though they may not be in charge of booking something right then, they may know of somebody and they may have some type of contact or some type of connection. And so I think those little things, again, start to communicate to audience members and event planners that you're working with that, Hey, this is what I do. And it's simple, like simple little calls to action that you can make that can start to generate some of that other referral and and word of mouth business.
1: Right. That's good. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Even if you made a list of the events that you've worked with, like in the past year, and you went back to them and just said, I'm, I'm doing a lot more speaking now. And if you, if either you are planning something or if you know of someone, you know, I'd love to have a quick conversation with you about, you know, about working together or anybody that you think it would be a good fit for. I mean, oftentimes people, especially if you do a good job, people are excited to share that with others. But we just don't oftentimes think of it unless we're asked. You know, right. uh, think about your, any of your favorite products, services, restaurants, hotels, experiences, whatever the things that you really talk about are things that are just really, really amazing. And you like to talk about them because you know, like I think about some of my, like a favorite restaurant of mine. I know if, if you're in town and I say, Hey, you got to go to this restaurant and you go there and you have a great experience. It makes me feel good. So I want to tell other people about products and services that are quality that are good right and then if I tell you about this restaurant and you go eat at this restaurant and it's amazing it makes me look good too right you trust my opinion a lot more mm-hmm. so if you show up and do a good job and then you have an event planner that's telling other people and you doing a good job at their events it makes the original event planner look really really good right so right. but you've made them the hero so I wonder if, if it's possible for you to go back to some of those other event planners that you've worked with and just ask mm. them hey you know are there other event organizers or women's ministry directors or whoever it may be that you know of that may be looking for a a speaker or maybe planning some type of an event that you think I might be a good fit for?
1: That's a great idea. That's not something I've done before. I reach out to see if they have a need personally, but I I like that asking for the referral and anybody else that they know, this industry, I'm thinking more business. It's small. I mean, people know people and especially in New Jersey, it doesn't seem to be that there's a lot of A lot of ministry opportunities, like there are in other parts of the country. So everybody seems to know everybody around here.
0: Yeah, it's true. Like there is the speaking industry at large is a large industry, but all these individual ponds where. Uh, and individual sandboxes, so to speak, where, where events happen are going to be different depending on, you know, what they're looking for. So you, you speaking to, you know, on to women's ministry groups within New Jersey, that's a small sandbox and there's thousands of other small sandboxes like that. And some of them right. you would be a fit for. And so some of them, sometimes it's just someone making an introduction to a different sandbox, so to speak, that you could, you know, you could be a good fit for.
1: Right. Can me ask you a question. Please. What are your thoughts on doing a sponsorship for a much larger event? So I've had a couple of opportunities where people have come to me and say, would you like to sponsor one of these bigger events? And in the sponsorship, you obviously get a table and all those things, but you get the opportunity to speak for like three minutes on stage. Mm -hmm. But of course you have to pay for that sponsorship opportunity. Is that a way in the door? It can be.
0: You know, so a lot of this would be predicated on what your goals would be. Okay. So I'll give you some examples and some scenarios. Let's say that your goal is, I just want to book more speaking gigs. That's all I want to do. I don't want to, I don't, there's nothing else I want to do more than just speaking. Okay. And I have the opportunity to pay to speak on this stage at this event. And my sole goal is going to be to book speaking gigs from that. So the question would be, all right, you get up and you speak for three minutes, right? And let's again, let's just kind of let's play with some fictitious numbers here. Let's say they charge you five thousand dollars to speak. And as a speaker, let's say that you charge two thousand dollars for a speaking gig. And you know, depending on the size of the audience and depending on who's in the audience. So really you would need to book three or more gigs ideally out of that three minutes in order for it to to be worth it for you, in order for it to make sense, right? And so that's where you gotta kind of just do the math and kind of figure out okay, what are the chances based on the audience, based on the size of the audience, based on a three minute slot that I've got, based on what it costs me to do, that I'm going to book multiple engagements out of this, right? Mm-hmm. Or if the goal was, it's going to cost me $5,000 to do this three minute slot. And it's an opportunity for me to promote my book. And uh, you know, I sell my book for $10 at the event how many books do i need to sell in order to make that worth it and how many people are in the audience and so you're just kind of you're really just kind of doing the do math there you know to figure out is this worth it right so there was a like a, a similar type of example there was a uh, it's it's similar to like if you were going to exhibit at a conference, right? You're not, Mm -hmm. you're just going to exhibit, is that worth it? You know, and you have to kind of figure out, okay, here's what it costs for the booth. Here's what it costs for any marketing materials I'm going to give away. Here's what my travel is going to cost. Here's what my time's going to cost. Here's all of that factored in. Okay. Based on that and based on who's actually going to be at that event, do I think I can book one, two, three, four, whatever the number is, events out of that, right? That's the nice thing about speaking, is depending on what you're charging and depending on what your costs are, it's not like I have to sell 500 books in order for right. this to make sense. It may be I need to book two gigs. Two gigs, and, right? Yeah, that's it. Dep- again, depending on what the math would be. And so it may make sense for you to do it. In some cases, it may make total sense. In some cases, be like, there's no way that makes any sense at all, right? Mm. And a lot of it just depends on you and what your goals are of what it is that you're trying to accomplish. The thing to keep in mind is this is just depending on the conference, is that a three-minute sponsored slot as an attendee feels like a three-minute sponsored conference slot. It's a commercial, Mm. you know, so you're not really engaged. You're kind of checked in. Mm. Maybe that's when I'm going to the bathroom. Maybe that's when I'm checking my phone. You know, I'm just, I'm not totally locked in versus if I heard someone who's a speaker that is, you know, on, it's supposed to be, that supposed to be there as a a speaker, then it is a, it's kind of a different thing, but a lot of it comes down to how it is presented from the conference's standpoint. So Mm. if it, if they make it like, Hey, here's our next speaker, and it just seems like they're another speaker, and, and you can't tell the difference between those that paid to be there and those that didn't. That's one thing, right? Versus right. if they say, That's a good point. Uh, you know, if it's very, very clear of, Hey, and our next here from
1: our sponsors. Yeah,
0: our sponsor. And then it's just like, Nah, I don't want, you know, it's I think right. about like when you're watching TV, we all fast forward through the commercials, you the commercials, know? Commercials, yes. So it's same That's thing. a good point. So a lot of it, though, depends on how it is being presented to you know, to the, to the audience. So that'd be something to be, to be aware of. Now, if you, it sounds like some of the nature of the question was, I'd just like to get in with that conference and I'd like to do more with that conference or that event. And here is a way to do that. Am I reading more into it than there, or is that? No, actually,
1: that would be it. I'd love to get the opportunity to someday be on their stage.
0: Okay, cool. Are we talking about a specific conference or a hypothetical conference?
1: There's probably a handful of specifics, but this was more hypothetical.
0: Okay, cool. We'll play the hypothetical way. Let's assume that there would be some, maybe some breakout sessions, right? And let's assume it's, you know, it's a good size conference or event. One of the best ways that you can get your name in front of of a spe- or get in with a bigger conference is maybe to do a a break shop, a breakout or a workshop and it may be something that's free and mm-hmm. so I can I'll give you an example of several years ago there was a conference I was trying to get in with and I said hey I'm gonna go do a free workshop I'm gonna pay my own travel so it's you know out of pocket mm-hmm. and so I went to that. And the, one of the best things I could do was to just show up and do an amazing job. So do two things. One is to do an amazing job, but also to build some type of connection with that client. So I want to make sure that I'm, I'm easy to work with. I want to make sure that I'm going over the top and just appreciation for them. I want to make sure that um, I'm doing everything that they ask me to do, that I'm, I'm showing up to sessions, that I'm engaged in the whole conference and the whole event. Anything like that, that it just shows that I went above and beyond what a typical Breakshop uh, breakout workshop speaker might do. So in this particular conference, I went. I did a free breakout session, and it went really well. And they, uh, the event planner, was like, I, "We heard you killed it, and yours was one of the more popular sessions of all the workshops." And so it led to a conversation about, "Hey, what if I did a you know what if I did a, a keynote?" And they ended up hiring me to do a keynote the following year, and it was largely because one, I showed up and I did a great job. So it shows right. I invested something in their their event. But two, the, they felt a lot more comfortable and confident bringing me back the next year because we had Grant in the first year and right. he showed up, he did a great job. He connected with our audience. He knows our audience. He's familiar with the event versus like we brought in a speaker who maybe they have a big name and they can draw a crowd, but like they've never been here. They don't know anything about us. So there's just kind of a, a, different, a different feel to it. The other thing too is, Remember speaking is relationship business and people do business with people they know, like and trust. And so one of the quickest ways to build a relationship with someone is to meet them in person.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so like you you can send an email, you can exchange emails, you can exchange calls with someone, but nothing, nothing right beats meeting them in person. So if you show up to their event and you've been engaging with them for you know several months leading up to the event, and then you show up and you speak and you do a great job and you meet them there and you talk and they heard you did, you did great and you got great feedback and there's any type of rapport or connection there, there's a lot more likelihood that they're going to invite you to do something bigger and more significant in the future because of all of those things. And it's hard to do all of those things based on just a... Just an email or just a phone call. So, what you have to do is you kind of have to weigh out, okay. If I go do this free workshop at this event in the context of everything else that this event has going on, what are the chances that I'm going to, A, be able to show up and do a great job, that this is a perfect fit, and that Mm -hmm. they would potentially be looking for other speakers like me in the future? So those are the things, some things you just kind of have to weigh and consider knowing you may show up and do a workshop and you may kill it and they still may never book you for a keynote slot, right? As you just kind of have to know that going into it. uh, And so for you, it may be, I quote unquote, like my chances of this. And I think I can, I think I can do a great job and I think I can get my foot in the door with them. Or it may be more along the lines of, I don't necessarily know, you know, that it's going to move the needle, even if I show up and do a great job. One other thing that you may consider is, especially when it comes to bigger conferences and bigger events where they may have a, a bunch of different speakers. If you have any relationship with any speaker who's been a keynote there, that's a good place to have an introduction or at least to have a conversation with them to find out how did you book this? Like mm. what did this happen? you know so for example, there's some events I know that they oh there's one for example I was thinking of is a huge national conference, like tens of thousands of people and I tried for years to get in with and and I I'd started by f- talking to a couple other speakers that I knew had done it previous years and they said right. here's the lady that you need to talk to. This is the person. There's a committee, but here's the person you need to connect with. Right. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have known that otherwise. And so just finding finding some other people who at least have some insider knowledge who can say, either this is the person you need to talk to, or this is the person you need to connect with, or at least let me make an introduction. Because again, it goes back to the referral introduction thing we talked about earlier. Because if a speaker does a great job and then goes back to the event planner and says, here's my friend Chris, you need to have Chris speak. Chris is amazing. And then Chris shows up and does awesome. Then it makes that speaker look good, right? So they want to introduce you if you if they feel confident that you're going to do a good job. So that'd be right. another thing I'd be curious on is is any other speakers who have have been at the event that you know of that you think either could at least give you some some information or or could at least make an introduction for you.
1: Okay. I'm scanning my mind. I think I only know of one event where somebody I know could maybe make an introduction. Everybody else is.
0: And sometimes it may not even necessarily be a speaker. Maybe it's just an attendee, and they've gone year after year after year, or mm. someone who's on a committee, or someone who's helped with some type of planning. They're not involved with the speaking part of it, but they're involved with some other part of the event. And so they at least say they can at least say, "Oh yeah." you know, John's the person you need to talk to, Sally's the person you need to talk to, and at least get you pointed in the right direction, because they at least have some type of, you know, inside knowledge on it. Right. That makes sense? Great.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So,
0: I mean, like like coming full circle here and kind of put a bow on things in terms of like the question of, hey, how do I just, how do I book more gigs? A lot of it, it's not just like, oh, well, you just do this one thing and you're, you're good. You know, it's kind of a collection of a bunch of these different things. Yeah. It's, a, it's a collection of, uh, I want to be strategic about which events that I'm speaking at. I want to make sure that I'm building relationships with other speakers who can refer me. Each event that I speak at, I want to make sure that I am asking the event planner for referrals and, and introductions to other people. Each event that I'm speaking at, I'm being intentional to talk with other audience members and attendees about you know churches that they're involved in or, or ministries or events that they're involved in that I might be a fit for, I want to make sure that everybody in my sphere of influence knows that I'm a speaker. like that's a simple thing of just right. does everybody that you know know that you're a speaker? do whenever someone is looking for a speaker, do they think of Chris? And some of them in your world will. And some of them will be like, oh yeah, I forgot. That's right. You are. Right. A speaker, right? I didn't even realize that. Oh wait, you, you do that? I didn't know that. You know, you want to make sure everybody, you know, thinks of you. So think through like, if someone came to you and said, Hey, I need to, I need a good realtor. Who do you know? Or I need a good dentist. Who do you know? You know, you wouldn't be like, let me get back to oh yeah that one guy is that guy a dentist i didn't even realize it's like no like that's that's the person that comes to mind so you want to be top of mind for some of those just even people in your sphere of influence and even people that you don't think would would know of anyone so you may be like my mom is not involved with planning events for anything right but she may know of someone and she some committee or may she maybe asked at some point. Yes. So sure that That's she-
1: so true. Those are the ones that have surprised me the most.
0: Yeah. Because a lot of the ones that you said you have are just kind of the random ones that makes it hard to reverse engineer. Yes. Like, that's a really good one-off thing. If I could just repeat that <laughs> right. more often, but it makes it hard to do. But if I can at least, at the very least, make sure that again every audience member is aware, that every event planner is aware, that everyone in my circle of influence on my social networks and my world is aware that I'm a speaker, right. and I keep that top of mind for them. Then hopefully, whenever they come across something, and it may be again, like you said, something that's more of an annual event, and sometimes it's kind of an event whenever they feel like it. That whenever that happens, though, that they that they think of Chris.
1: Right. That's a great reminder. It's probably one of those things I've I've overlooked. And it would be like me posting on social media, hi, I'm a woman. Well, well of course I know that. Sure, <laughs> But they don't all know that and they don't all remember that. So you're right. It's constantly being top of mind.
0: Yep. What do you feel like are your next steps? What are you going to do from here?
1: Wow. I, I'm really excited. Well, one, I'm going to remind everybody that this is what I do. Two, I'm going to reach out to my previous engagements and ask for referrals and ask anybody else that they know. And I'm going to really evaluate some of these sponsorship opportunities because I think some of them might be an opportunity to get in the door, but I, I want to be able to either decide that I'm going to entertain it or take it off the plate. Cool. I, I'm a little tired of having it kind of going, uh, vacillating in my mind.
0: Good, good. And I, just as a word of encouragement to you and to, to every speaker listening that I think sometimes we assume like, it gets easier or to the point where like, we don't have to do this part. Like the just gigs just magically flow Mm. in and you know what, there's probably an upper echelon of, of the 0.0001% of speakers who they are, uh, their name is going to, uh, their name is going to to, um, get them booked alone. Doesn't matter what they speak on or who they speak to. But for the high, high, high majority of speakers, you and I included, Like, this is a continual process. You know, I I remember several years ago talking with a, a speaker friend who's booking over 100 gigs a year. And I was like, dude, what? what's your secret? And he's like, I, I'm still doing the things today that I was doing years ago. Everything we just kind of talk through an outline, you know, it's just like, it's not like you get to a point. Yeah. It's like, it's not like you get to a point point. you're like, all right, I made, I never have to try to market myself again as a speaker. Uh, And so you have the speaking part of your, of your business and the marketing part of your business. And you have, you have to keep that engine going. And when you take your foot off the gas, like you'll still get some of those random bookings that fall in your, your lap, but for the most part, it'll, it'll die out. So yeah. You want to spend as much of your time working towards the gigs and trying to get the gigs and build a relationship that lead to gigs as much as that on, on that stuff as, as you spend on, on just speaking alone. Right.
1: Thank cool. you for the reminder. That's a good.
0: Hey, this has been awesome. If people want to find out more about you and just check out what you're up to, where where can we go?
1: You can go to my website. It's com. That's Chris with a K and Reese with a C. All
0: right. Sounds good. Thanks for the time, Chris.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that uh, conversation with Chris Reese. Really good stuff there. Hey, again, if you would like to be, uh, if you'd like more information on how to be a part of our elite program, then make sure you stop by and check out thespeakerlab.com/apply. Again, you can find that over at thespeakerlab.com/apply. Now, one other thing: next week we got a couple of interesting episodes, different episodes coming up that I'm excited about. So, if you have not already, make sure you check out our YouTube channel. We're doing a speech breakdown every single week there. You can find it over at youtube.com slash the speaker lab make sure you check that out again youtube.com slash the speaker lab but we're going to be sharing with you um if you've watched those videos if you haven't watched those videos make sure you check them out but if you've watched those videos then uh, i think you're going to enjoy next week's episode so make sure that you uh, you stay tuned for that all right my friends that wraps up today's episode we'll catch you next time you're awesome